I'm the referee on this field, not you. Bats, balls and blanks. Nice ball, then. Maybe it's against his religion to hit the Bats, ball. balls and blanks. Manonogara between the post. Bats, balls and blanks. We call it an Joe. Oi, oi. It's a podcast with real nuts. Joey. Shuts. How's it going, mate? Yeah, good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm bloody good. Good to see you. You too. Uh, you're holding the fort there in Dunedin? Mate, I'm holding down the pad like nothing else, eh? Oh, yeah. How yourself? Uh, yeah, no, holding, holding things down here in Invers. I'm, uh, I've just finished, actually, we're doing the pod on the Friday, which is a little bit unusual. I know. Uh, I've just finished yeah. emceeing this netball club thing. They're shooting netball goals for 24 hours, raising money for the charity hospital down here. So I just finished uh, working down at that and back into that tomorrow. So, uh, so they're going to stay time. overnight? Yeah, they're staying there for 24 hours shooting netball goals. Oh shit! You're obviously, just... you're not staying 24 hours. No, clearly not. I had uh, I had a podcast to do, so I thought I'd better leave. Yeah, I, I thought that'd be the case. You know, priorities, they had, eh? They had though. Um, Josh Beck, he was captain of the Stags. He went down there, and uh, James right. Wilson, he was there. So yeah, good, good to see some some locals, which is cool. Um, and uh, how did you go on the old M saying you go all right? I don't know. No one complains. I think it's all right. Well, there you go. It's a starting point. Some people felt bad, but you know. Yeah, yeah. side eyes, but yeah, no yeah. complaints. Yeah, the crowd wasn't that big. They all left. <laughs> uh, episode number 25 of Bats, Balls and Blokes. Uh, once again, we're doing it from a distance. Joey is in Dunedin. I'm in Invercargill. Holidays for us from the uh, broadcasting school. And we thought we had to do a pod this week because it is NRL Grand Final week. Exactly. Yeah. We, uh, we've we we've sorted out the Zoom and it's all technically sounding okay from from where we are. We don't know fully yet when we upload it, but I think it's uh, it should be good and it should be a, a good weekend coming up for the NRL finals. I think it was it was good that we decided to do the um, podcast on Zoom last week to iron out any issues because there was a couple of little issues, things we needed to work on. And I think we've sort of hit the nail on the head now and hopefully uh, this episode should be a lot better. But um, I think something interesting we can just do to start with, Joey, is I had a look at our stats the other day. Okay. Um, yeah. And as far as, as countries that we're being listened to, uh, listened to in, listened to, and that makes sense. Uh, obviously, New Zealand's still kicking ass. We've got Australia, the UK, then the United States. Uh, South Africa jumped up on the list as well. South so Africa. Could be a wee Jack Taylor, possibly, right. over in South okay. Africa. Um, no, I think it's a South African listener that we don't know. Just, okay, yep, yep. Just yep, see the great yep. point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got Japan, the Netherlands, um, UAE, Germany, um, Brazil, and the newest one was Singapore. Shit. So we're, we're doing well, Joey. I don't Maybe think if... we're catering, catering for Singapore very well, though, are we, with our bats, balls, and blokes yarns? No, we're not. What are they into? But a kitabati or something? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's on the way today? Well, of course, we're going to jump in and have a look at the NPC. It was a great weekend at NPC footy. The South and Stags are in the winner's circle once again. We'll touch on that later on. Uh, talk about the NRL from the weekend. Um, what we're going to expect this weekend come the grand final. Bit of cricket in there. Um, and we'll predict who is going to be the premiers uh, in the NRL this year. Plus all the Bunnings NPC, which for that, it's the last round uh, this weekend, which is something uh, exciting as well. Yeah, the Bunnings NPC, obviously Otago versus Canterbury, actually, was uh, is a big game we're going to talk about. All right, we'll jump in and see what's happening in the uh, Bunnings NPC. Bats, balls and blokes, with Corbin and Joe. Oi, oi. Righto, shuts. Uh, the Bunnings NPC this week, we've got round number eight just kicked off uh, last week. What was that? Um, Friday. Yeah. 
Friday last of, week. Twenty third of September. Yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the score sheets in front of me. I'll I'll read them out. Canterbury beat Auckland in quite a good game. Uh, I was watching this at the at my bar actually while I was working. Thirty eight to twenty two Canterbury. Uh, Bay of Plenty beat Hawks Bay twenty fourteen. Tasman beating Northland fifty two to seventeen. The Wellington Lions beating Waikato thirty four to six. The Waikato isn't going as good at the moment, are they? After that loss to Otago mm. just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Manawatu losing to Otago fifty four to thirty five. Uh, North Harbour losing 30, oh, winning thirty five nineteen to Taranaki. Uh, Southland Ooh, yeah. beating Counties Manukau. 30 to 26. What a game that was for the boys. Uh, after a 10 game losing streak, those boys are uh, were, were seeing stars, weren't they? They were, they were up in the air. They, they had were. a big night after that they one. Um, Northland beating the Bay of Plenty 23 to 21. Mm, so it was a massive round of NPC footy. And that takes them through uh, this weekend, of course, is round number nine. Um, so, you know, we're jumping right into quarterfinals now, obviously. Stags, yeah, they won the most important game of the season last weekend. That's the only game, they, only game they actually needed to win. But it was very good to see that. Uh, what what are we diving into, Joey? What are we going to have a look at? Well, I think we should jump into the Canterbury-Auckland game for a start. Right. I think that was probably the most anticipated game of the round. Uh, but Canterbury doing the job, shuts. They did. I thought it was a uh, an interesting game to watch. This is one game that I watched when I got back um, here to Invercargill. People that stood out for me in that game, Plummer. Auckland, I thought Perry Plummer mm. was very, very good. Yes, he had a few wee issues uh, in later stages with a couple of misconversions. I can see here in the 62nd minute and the 75th as well, but they weren't given easy kicks. I thought Harry Plummer's leadership was really good as well. Um, obviously, not quite good enough, Auckland get, getting done by Canterbury. Um, but other than that, I thought it was a really, really good game. Yeah, we've got to say the stand-in um, first five for Canterbury was was really good as well. Uh, obviously, a few injuries within that pack, and I thought he stepped up to the plate and really led the team around the paddock pretty well. Um, as well as, I thought, um, the back three within Tom Christie, I thought he was really impressive yeah. too. He's playing really good for the Crusaders uh, this year, and, and we can see that's going down uh, into the lower grade in the NPC. Uh, and I think he was very, very vital in that in that 38-21. Do we see him going further, ever? I don't know about... Oh, it's it's so tough uh, with those positions, but I suppose New Zealand's probably had the um, the loosest trio in the in the back three we've seen for a while. You know, it's it's swapping and changing. We've got locks playing six, that sort of thing. Um, I think it could be in the next couple of years, maybe. Um, him and Billy Harmon are really good together. Obviously, Billy yeah. Harmon's captaining captaining the Canterbury side now, uh, and I think they've got a quarter final on this week as well, which they'll be really excited for. He's 24 years old, so uh, Tom Christie's still very, very young. Mm. And one thing I didn't realize about Tom Christie is that he actually played for the um, New Zealand under-20s years ago. Oh, really? Um, so that's why it's only four, sort of five years ago that he was playing in that setup. So uh, mm. And he went on and won the World Cup with them in 2017. And 2018, he actually captained that side as well. So uh, fun fact for you, it'd be good to see him in a black jersey again because he's one of those good players. But that's the thing, as you said, there's so many... You know, nowadays, even like they're using Scott Barrett out of position, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Like they'll quite often change things up. So that makes it harder uh, for people like that to get in there. Uh, anything else on that game, Joe? No, I think we should probably jump into uh, something else. What's what's tickling your fancy? 
Um, well, you know what tickles my fancy, mate. It would have to be that Southland Counties game. Um, right, we'll jump If we jump that. into what was that? It was Sunday, uh, wasn't it? What a game from the Stags. Well, I thought mm. they actually played really, really well. They went into the Sheds at halftime, 10 points to five. Uh, they lost Hayden Michaels to a red card in the 42nd minute, and I thought it was a wrong decision from the referee. Hayden Michaels was knocked out uh, on the ground. I was talking to him today down at the stadium, and he you can see his face. There's a lot of blood, all that sort of stuff. His eyes are all puffed over like instantly after that collision. Um but he ended up spending the time on the sidelines and uh, getting the red card for that. Thought Robbie Robinson was good again. Um, one off mis- the boot, too. Off the boot, yeah. Two misconversions yeah. throughout the day. Uh, I did think his uh, typical sort of ball handling skills that we've seen recently that have been a little bit sort of under the weather uh, were a lot better um, during this mm. game here. I thought it was a struggle for the Stags. They sort of lost a couple of players to injury um, this season already. Obviously, Marty Banks. Um, you know, they've lost some really key players to them. I thought that the halfback, Jay Renton, was very good as well. Um, other than that, I thought it was a, a really sort of straightforward, good game. And it was too close for comfort at the end, obviously, you know. Uh, we were down. The Stags came back from from quite a lead that um, counties had built up. Counties had some great players as well uh, in amongst their side. Um, I can't remember his first time. The guy, is it Brash? Yeah. Uh, he picked himself up. Is it Aaron Brash? Might be Aaron Brash. He's a good player. Good player. One of those yeah. ones that will, he'll never go further. He's he's at the peak of, of what he's doing. Um, but, you know, he, he played a good game. And I thought, I never really credit people in this situation, but I thought the refereeing in this game, other than that Hayden Michaels call, wasn't too bad either. So um, that's that's what there I made out of it, and it's good to see the uh, the Stags celebrating like they had won the the whole bloody competition uh, after winning one game, and it brings that sort of heart back into the South. Yeah, I, I thought uh, I saw that on Matt Flunger's face even after he scored. I think winning the game was was a bigger celebration for him. Um, it was a bit of a wet day down there, wasn't it? Um, Seemed a bit... Yeah, I think there was a bit of drizzle, I think. I can't remember. But it, sounded, it seemed like a, a Beacons photo one, you know, with all the boys sort of muddy and um, yeah, yeah. throwing a few hands up type thing. Uh, I thought Sam Stewart was really good. He scored a, a really good try. He's he's quite good in that in that back of that uh, line-out drive. Eh? Mm. He, um, he, he always sort of pips those ones down. Um, and I thought Robbie Robinson as well, just as you said, um, to take over Marty Banks and sort of lead them around the paddock. It's, it's really good having that veteran in your side to, to help you do that. I think that's something interesting you note on there with um, Stewart getting that try off the line-out drive. How common is that becoming now? We've spoken about this a lot on the pod before, how common it becomes to score off a line-out drive. You look at as soon as Jacob Payne came on the field and took Stewart off, Payne did the same thing. Line-out drive, he dots down for a meat pie. It's so common now, and that's why I look at international rugby, and I sit there and go, shit, like these guys are like bloody good footy players. And they'd be idiots to not select to go to the corner if they've got a you know a good hooker at the back that can maintain the way that a mall's going and and dot down and that's where you know a lot of these guys are are playing really good footy and getting you know so many tries to their names because the you know the line out drivers it's I wouldn't say it's a given but it's becoming more that way. Yeah, you see that a lot with um, Tokiaho. Um, Cody Taylor gets a lot. Yep. Um, I think it's 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 becoming part of that game. And even if we look at that All Blacks game uh, where we bet Australia, I think it was 39-37 in the end, you know, instead of going for that, that kick uh, to maybe uh, draw the board, uh, we went to the corner. Sam, uh, Sam Whitelock, you know, men is marked and went to the corner uh, trying to get that line-out drive. Obviously, it didn't work, but it's the confidence within that line-out drive. You know, we could have easily got the draw and just, you know, that's fine. We'll, we're happy with a draw and a, and a real tough as low cup contest um but as you can see we're, we're confident enough that a line out drive is eight times out of ten gonna score you that meat pie in that corner 
That's right. Exactly. Let's jump into the uh, Otago win that they got over the Manawa 2 Turbos. 54 points to 35. And for me, Joey, in this game here, it was really um, standout performances from probably quite possibly the youngest three in that team. Cam Miller was very good. Fabian Holland was very good. And for me, Sean Withy. Yeah, I was really impressed with Fabian Holland. Um, my old man sent me a few texts. I was I was working at the time, but um, apparently he, he had a really, really strong game. I watched a, a few highlights with him. But yeah, as you said, the three youngest guys really stepping up. I, I've seen Sean Withy um, captaining the side a few times. I've seen you know Cam Miller taking former All Black Josh Iwani's spot at number 10. Yeah. Uh, and Fabian Holland, you know, he's moving up into the Highlander stuff, uh, you know, s- straight out of, I think, where is he from? Denmark or something like I that? I think it's Denmark. Yeah, something like that. Um, but, yeah, it just goes to show, like, what these young guns are doing. Even Oliver Haig, he also got a, a try as well, which was which was really impressive. I think it's, you know, that's something you look at. Like, Fabian Holland's come over here to play his footy. That's, you know, he's over here playing really, really good rugby. And do you remember that video that came out a couple of years ago? It's been last year, when his family all saw him in the grandstands after. Mm. What game was that? I can't remember what that was. Oh, I can't remember. It was in Janine, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, like, how emotional that must be. You know, he's here, he's playing rugby. That's what he's doing with his life. You know, and to, to be able to have that sort of connection that when that family, that come back and they see you doing what you're doing and doing it well, it's, um, no, that's really cool. But I thought it was one of those games, Joe, that was just, once again, a dominance a dominance from Otago. It was uh, half-time, 28 points to 14. I thought Otago just really, really put the hammer down. And um, Manawatu are one of those sides that on their day could really upset someone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just it wasn't to be. Um, as far as their boys go, I don't really know too many in that matter with two side. Uh, Emery, Jason Emery got a try in the fifth minute to open things up. Um, and yeah, that's that's really about it for matter with two. Another missing Aaron Smith. Um, I don't really know who else. No other All Blacks in that setup, is there? No, I think it's just Aaron Aaron Smith. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Otago would probably be disappointed. They they conceded thirty five points in the end, especially after. Uh, being so dominant on attack, but uh, I think that's something they've definitely got to stamp out of their game for Canterbury. If there's anything they can stamp out of their game, obviously their attack's going great. Uh, as we say, four young players doing uh, the job for us. I think if we look at that, Fabian Holland, um, Cam Miller converting, Henry Bell also scoring tries. He's just yeah. a young gun as well. Um, you can really see that these guys uh, can get the job done and may even... Um, you know, give Canterbury a wee run for their money next week or this week. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. It's uh, on their day, anyone can upset anyone, and that's what like that's something I know it's completely different. That's something we've seen in the NRL recently. On their day, anyone can upset anyone. Um, mm. Things become unpredictable, so that's where I think NPC footy in New Zealand's at like its prime. Like it's at a really really good place where there's so many <laughs> take South and out of the occasion. There's so many teams in there that are just so even. Mm. Like, you know, it's it's tough. But I, I think, you know, you look at Canterbury and Otago, put them up against each other, that would be a real battle. Yeah, I think even with Southland, if you look at um, a few of their games at the start of the year, they're only losing by, you know, six and under points. Uh, and their team's nowhere near, uh, you know, some of these teams. Some of these teams have got All Blacks galore, ex-All Blacks, future All Blacks, mm. young guns. Like, as you, can, as you can tell, Otago's got a few young guns coming up. But, you know, Southland's kind of got, um, you know, a few of those mediocre veteran players, but, you know, a lot of their talent is still rising. And I think uh, even Southland, uh, you know, you say maybe they're, they're by far the worst in the in this side at the moment yeah. uh, in, the, in the set of teams. But I think they actually, you know, they can actually give a team run for the money as well, as we saw. Josh Morby, 
back in the uh, try-scoring circle for Northland. He uh, had a yeah. few weeks off with an injury. Uh, he managed to pick himself up a try in the 23rd minute. Um, joy of that there was Ben O'Keefe was the referee in that game as well, which we must congratulate uh, Ben O'Keefe because I see online they had the referee's um, capping ceremony the other day. So congratulations to, to Ben. He's been posting a lot online about that as well, um, which was very, very cool. Uh, any, anything else in the NPC for you, Joey? No, I think that's that's basically it. Most of the other uh, score scorelines speak for themselves. Uh, we don't have to touch on them too much. As you said, 23-21 uh, to Northland. That was another really tight game with Josh Morby going really well. Um, yeah, Bay of Plenty just beating Hawks Bay too, mm. um, which is which is also really impressive. And one game that's happened tonight that we probably should cover um, because obviously we're already on Friday is Hawks Bay beating Tasman 25-17, which is a pretty pretty big one, which just happened probably just a few hours ago. Yeah, and I didn't actually get to see that game because I was obviously uh, down at the stadium, but um, have to check out the highlights for that and mm. see what I reckon. Righto. Shall yeah. we shall we kick on to uh, the under-19s? Yeah. That's Balls and Blokes with Corbin and Joe. Oi, oi. Righto, shuts the under-19s. A few of our mates have uh, have dabbled their, their footy in, uh, in South Africa against some, a mm. few valiant uh, sides within this. I think they've got the Stormers, the Western Force. Uh, not the Western Force. Was it the Western Force? Western something. Um, Might be like a Western played... sort of Barbarians thing, aren't they, I think? Oh, I'm not too sure. And then they played the the Leopards earlier this morning. So uh, I don't know if you got to, mu- to see much of that. It was kind of on YouTube. It was kind of streamed at weird hours in the morning, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That's what I found in that first game. They went and watched it. It was all sort of at, at weird hours and that sort of stuff. But um, those boys are, are doing really well. What was, the, what was the score in this morning's one? Uh, I think it was. Um, it was quite high scoring in the end. It was probably the closest game they've had. I think it was about 35 uh, to twenty odd, right? Um, to to the New Zealand, they they actually had a bit of a run for their money. A, a few players um, in the in the leopards were were smaller guys, but they uh, they they got up for the fight and and the referees seemed a wee bit sort of biased. A, a lot of comments on online were sort of sixteen versus thirteen. We had a couple uh, sin bins pretty early. One sin bin I thought was very very marginal. It was it was a tip tackle, but I don't think it was. Uh, too far above the horizontal as as the referee saw it, um, but yeah, I think uh, I think you'll get that over in South Africa, wouldn't you? I think the thing is, you go over there and it's a different game as well. Like it's a different level of rugby you're playing over there. Like they've got some like it's been a few years ago. Southland boys first fifteen went over and did a tour of South Africa, and like they said, you go over there and there's so many bigger boys that you you don't really play with, and they play a different style of footy too. Um, mm. So I, I think you know there's, there's nothing. That you know, New Zealand can't be disappointed at all in their efforts since they've gone over there and shown some of these teams up with some really quality, you know, classy footy players. Yeah, I think we saw an eighty-six nil deficit at, at yeah. one game, uh, which is really impressive from the nineteens. Obviously, it is um, it is a national side playing against a provincial side, but again, some of the comments I've seen, you know, these places, these uh, these cities have upwards of ten million people, where yeah. you know, New Zealand's only almost got five million. I know we're a rugby country, but so is South Africa, you know, and I think um, if you if you sort of measure the two nations in mass, we, we do punch above our weight. And I think, you know, that, that's exactly right, but that's the thing. You look at the Springboks, you look where they are in world rugby at the moment, and, and that goes to show that they are a rugby country. There is a there's a mm. massive passion for rugby, as you, as you just said. And I think you just have to look at 
the Springboks and how on the on their day they can tip over the All Blacks. That's 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 hundred percent. You know, so a lot of these sides over there, it does that show the future of what Springbok footy looks like. Yeah, I, I was pretty surprised at how at how small they were. To be honest, yeah, uh, I saw a lot of the All Blacks, uh, not the All Blacks. They called them the Baby Blacks. They were quite, they were quite, uh, yeah, quite small, and especially their forward packs. They they put up a good fight, uh, considering the size. You know, under nineteen, which we actually noticed when we went and watched down the uh, South Island provincial stuff, um, how big the boys were. You know, they're only nineteen, first year out of school. We saw them last year, and they didn't look as big, did they? They bulked up a lot, and That's I right. think um, when you look at the footage on YouTube, you can you can definitely see that. You know, we've got some big locks, some big front rowers. Even our backs, our centre, our midfield combos are, are big guys. Yeah, and I think that goes to show that we're working with some real talent for the future. Like, it's it's actually incredible to look at. And that's where I look at people like sort of um, Jack Taylor, who, of course, the young Southland hooker. He's gone over to South Africa there, and he's not a big guy. He's actually not that. And you said that to me after we saw him at the tournament up here. He wasn't playing, but he was with the team. And you said to me, he's not actually that big, is he? For a guy that's in a professional rugby setup and is signed by a rugby union. But then he goes over to South Africa and actually, you know, he got that real wicked try the other week. And he's actually he almost got like another try too. Yeah. Oh, did he? He almost got another try today. Yeah, he's probably about a metre short, but he had a really good run. He bumped off a few guys. Yeah, no, it's good to see. It's good to see that, you know, the as I said, the future's it's like looking real bright, which is cool. And I just love that they have that whole tournament and that whole opportunity for those boys to be able to do something at a higher level. If you know what I mean? Like a lot of those guys really would just see an all black at the age of 19. These guys here get a chance to be rewarded for their efforts and that sort of shit and get put up on, on a big stage and playing quality footy players from like all around the world, which is cool. Yeah, it, it's amazing experience, especially from a, a guy from Southland, a, a small town. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, going to these these cities where, as, as I said before, you know, 11 million people come from, which is you know, almost triple the, well, not almost triple the size, but, you know, over double the size of New Zealand yeah. uh, in one small place and, and playing footy against their best players and, and showing, you know, that we're uh, we're a valiant country and we're, we're bloody good at what we do. Oh, without a doubt, mate. Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, should we jump in and see what's going on in the uh, NRL? Yeah, we should. Yeah, let's do that here at Bats, Balls and Blokes. Bats, Balls and Blokes with Corbin and Joe. Oi, oi. Episode 25 of Bats, Balls and Blokes. This weekend, Joey, the grand final of the National Rugby League. Rubber League, some would say. Rubber League. Rubber League. Rubber League. Uh, what did you make of last weekend? Of course, we'll uh, go through those games, eh? Yeah. Uh, do you have them in front of you? I do. So it was 20 points to 24. The Eels getting the win over the Cowboys on Friday night. And then, of course, the Panthers, 32 points to 12 over the Bunnies. I think we touch on the uh, the Cowboys-Eels game to start with, Joey. And for me, that game there was um, one of those ones that could have gone either way. I would have liked to have seen the Cowboys win it. Um, now, the situation we're in, I'm quite happy that Parramatta are there because um, I know they're a team that can knock over the Storm. Uh, not the Storm, the Panthers, sorry. Um, yeah. As far as that game goes, I thought Valentine Holmes was really good for the Cowboys. Um, Tamalolo got sent off in the 16th minute. Interesting, cool. As far as the Eels go, I thought um, Campbell Gillard, my lookalike, um, is is playing really good footy. And he picked himself up. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. My dad said it. My dad said it once. Uh, he picked himself up a try in the 19th minute as well, which is really cool. And another one in the 58th. 
Yeah, what I had to make of the game was pretty similar to yours. I thought it was a very close game. I thought the Cowboys had it uh, at one point. They should have had it. They were uh, in front at the 55th minute. But as you said, uh, Campbell Gillard and Michael Sevo sort of doubled up there to get the Eels back to 24-20. Um, I think the important thing was the Tom Lolo uh, yellow card. I think yep. that was that was huge. Um, that was definitely a turning point in how they played. Uh, Tom Lolo obviously missing three weeks now uh, because of that one. Um, but yeah, I thought Valentine Holmes was was very impressive, as you said. Uh, how important is it in finals footy that you don't have those yellow cards to to sort of stuff up how you know your team play because they were about they were in front at the time and then um, you know. I'll. I'll answer your I'll answer your question with another question. Okay. If you go to training, do you train with a man in the bin? No. That's how I, that's how I look at it. You look at it. They go to training. They're planning what they're going to do as a team. All those they're doing team mm. runs. They're doing all of this here. Drop a man to the bin in finals footy. You're back to square one. Yeah, and we saw the emotion from Tom Alolo as well. He was very upset about it, um, and I think he knew that this could be a, a deciding. Um, factor. Uh, a question I want to throw at you is: um, Should he get banned? His uh, three-match ban should it should it go to his country or just the NRL? Um, I suppose this sort of when he plays international footy, it's still under the NRL banner. But to me, well, he plays for the Tonga in the World Cup. Do you think he should miss the Tongan World Cup games? Yeah, I think it'd be the same as if it was rugby, and you got a ban from the New Zealand Rugby Union. You'd be banned from anything, wouldn't you? Yeah, or well, I suppose so. I, I, yeah, I find it hard. I see it from both sides. Yeah, because so say let's put this in a rugby context. If if um if I was a Fijian national rugby player, mm. and I got a and I got a red card for the Hollanders, just like say Darcy Swain on a lesser scale. Would you say that I shouldn't play for the Fijian team and then keep, you know, when my say my next ten games with the Fiji, would I be would I be all good to play the next games for the Highlanders or would I take my ban out on on the Highlanders games alone? I think seeing it's under one union, you'd be serving it immediately the next three games you play. Okay, right. That's that's how I see it anyway. Like I think it's you've done the crime. Why should he be able to go and play? international footy at a, at a really good standard as well because he plays great footy when he still knows he's going to be coming back to a punishment. I think get it done. Yeah. Well, what's your opinion on there? What are you, where do you sway? Well, I, I personally, um, I just, I, it's probably more of an empathetic point of view for Jason Tomalolo. Obviously he's the captain of Tonga um, and he's, and he's such a vital player for them. Um, I think the, you know, getting a, a, a sin bin in a, in a preliminary final, uh, just I don't I don't think that it, it should take out his Tonga. I think it should be served in the uh, start of the next NRL season. Um, yeah, that that's me personally. I know I know things that players have got both. You know, sometimes they'll um, have the next season bans. Um, Latrell, for example, yeah, uh, he got to play for I think it was Australia, wasn't it? Yeah, or, or was it? No, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. I think he, he served the start of his band at the start of this year. So, um, yeah, it just goes to show you. But anyway, how important it was that that time of the uh, that time of the game. 
Of course, the other important game of the weekend as well was when the Panthers took on the Bunnies. Uh, I thought the Bunnies would have had enough to knock over the Penrith in this game here. And unfortunately, um, the Bunnies getting done. 32 points to 12. Yeah, it was a real tough game for the uh, Rabbitohs. They thought that they could probably get the job done after such a good season, especially with Latrell playing so well. Uh, but it wasn't to be, shuts. No, it wasn't. I thought Latrell was uh, average in this game as well. Mm. Um, we've, we've seen Latrell play some really, really good footy this season, but he really didn't shine in this game here. Jumping over to that Panthers side, the man that did shine, and he always does, and it really pisses me off because... I don't like the guy, but he is really good at what he does. And that was Nathan Cleary. I thought he was great. And he led the boys from the front. Like, I think without Nathan Cleary there, um, that game could have been a lot different. I'm not saying they would have lost it, but I think that game could have been uh, a lot different. And the try that he picked up in the 79th minute, right on full time there, um, was pretty special to, to Ivan as well. I could see uh, when they panned the camera over. So it was pretty cool to see him uh, dot down for that one there. Yeah, uh, it was a really impressive game for uh, Nathan Cleary. He He's been really impressive all season, especially off the boot at the moment. He's uh, He's gone for those five weeks uh, and he's, he's practiced his high bombs and he must have practiced his conversions as well because I don't think he missed one uh, all day, which was which no. was really impressive. Uh, but if we look at that first half, 12-12, um, at one stage, the Bunnies were up 12-0. You know, how do you go from 12-0 to 32-12? Uh, it's, a, it's a real tough one. I thought uh, Panthers' spine, um, Coruscant, To'o, uh, Cleary were just really impressive um, with their ball running. And I think that was kind of the difference in the end um, with the bunnies. Just once you're on the back foot, you, you kind of stay there, don't you? Yeah. And I think once you sort of look at it at the stage, if you jump into like the, let's say the 56 minute, 24 points to 12 at this stage here, Cleary had just converted and the bunnies are down at that stage, 24, 12 and in, in finals footy, you're down and out. Like that's, it's, it's tough. Coming, the end. Oh yeah. It's tough coming back. Like you look at, you know, the 80th minute, uh, sorry, the 66th minute, 26 points to 12. That penalty from Cleary, it just seals it, makes that thing a little bit harder. The end goal makes it a little bit harder to get, you know. A couple of back-to-back tries, they would have been fine. But yeah, you start adding penalties on there, or uh, not in this instance, but, you know, drop goals in, in other cases. And it's just pushing that further, that target further and further away and making it harder to get. So, um, yeah, I thought it was, it was it was a hard game to watch. I was really hoping... Um, the Bunnies may, may have got the job done and we would have seen a different final to what everyone had expected. It would have been good to sort of see the Panthers get knocked back and everyone's going, oh, Panthers are going to win this year, you know, piece of piss sort of thing. Um, it would have been quite cool for that shock to happen going into the grand final this weekend, but not to be. And, um, you know, you just you have to credit the work of the Panthers. Eh? Like, they're, shit, they're good. Yeah, they, they can come from almost nothing and they can come from, you know, the highest place. Like, they've just... Uh, they've They're just... In, impressive like uh, I thought the bunnies defense was very very average uh, yeah. if you saw that Brian Toto tackle that um, Walker tried to attempt on him just nowhere near um, and I think those sort of 20 30 meter runs really really gave him that front foot and uh, you know it was really hard for the Rabbitohs to even get inside their 20 um, which is always difficult especially when you know they haven't got that kicking that that Panthers do, you know, that yeah. high bomb or that Nathan Cleary sort of pinpoint, you know, even just kicking to himself, saying, oh, you know, I've got a wee chip here. I might do a wee grubber and follow it on and, and just seal the deal for the team. And I don't think they have that, especially with Reynolds gone um, from the Bunnies. Obviously, uh, you know, their replacement played really good last week, but can he do it every week? Probably not. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's And that's like it's big boots to fill. Like, it's, mm. it's tough. Um. NRL this week, it's been a, a pretty big week as well uh, with all sorts of bits and pieces happening. What news are we going to talk about here, Joe? 
Well, I think we should ch- uh, jump into the Delhi M. Uh, how big yeah. those awards were. I think they were last or, or two nights ago. Uh, yeah. I stayed up for a wee bit and watched this. How how good were they? I think it's it's so cool how how like such of a big night those awards are, like how prestigious it is. That like I don't know. I just, like to to win one of those, I couldn't imagine the feeling. Like any award there that night, like I couldn't imagine the feeling that those guys or girls get because, of course, they know the women's there as well. Mm. Uh, I didn't watch any of it. I saw the results and that sort of stuff of the winners. Um, because I didn't. Was it covered on TV? Was it? Yeah, it was covered on TV. Oh. It was. I was sort of more watching it on the NRL, just just sort of keeping with up with regular regular updates on the NRL Instagram page. But I've, I've got the team of, of the year in front of me. Maybe I should uh, give that yeah. a read. Okay. Yep. Go right for it. Uh, so Curacao and Tuppany and Haas make up the hooker and the two props, which was probably, you know, with how Tuppany played at the end of the game, uh, end of the season, sorry, uh, I think that was deserved of. And Haas also playing really well at the start of the season. So it was quite of a, a contrast between the two props there. And Curacao, obviously, um, I thought it was a tough not Harry Grant getting it, but I thought Coruscant, you know, he has made a final, so he yeah. probably does does deserve that. Um, Yo, at the back at lock, he, he was really good this season with um, his sort of distribution, I'd say, rather than his running game. I thought his distribution has been really good. Kikau also playing really well, yeah. uh, joining Nanai in the second row, who Nanai uh, got Rookie of the Year, which was uh, a really breakout season for him. Did you Did you predict that? Yeah, I, I think I did. I uh, I looked at his, especially in his Queensland games, um, he played super, super well. Um, and I think for the Cowboys all season, he's just he's just been really strong. And he's not the biggest um, second row you'll find either. He's just, uh, mm. he's a hearty man and he can run with real speed, um, which I think is vital for the, uh, for winning the uh, award. Mm, that's right. Who else was in that team? Uh, so if we look at the backs now, we've got Munster and Hines to make up the uh, five eights. Uh, so Munster obviously having a standout year. Some was, some are saying that he was the uh, best player all year um, in the Origin stuff, uh, as well as Hines, who was the official Delhi yeah. M um, medal winner. Uh, obviously taking Sean Johnson's spot at the Sharks and uh, building up the team into, I should say, a quarterfinal. Quarterfinal? Yeah, they they call. Oh no, they do call it quarterfinals, don't they? I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, he he had a, a breakout season. I see your dad uh, had him in, in his uh, fantasy team, which probably won him the uh, won him the lottery. <laughs> it's a yeah, I managed to come away with that as we said uh, a couple of weeks. Guy still um, box piss for that actually. Yeah. That. Well, no, we we bought him that, didn't we? Oh, we did. That's right, we did. When he was up yeah. in Christchurch, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Manu and Holmes make up the centers. Manu playing really, really well at pretty much every position you can think of uh, the, the season, but. Injury got him, and Valentine Holmes, I thought he was very impressive this season for the Cowboys as well. Uh, Tedesco at fullback, he was actually, it was probably his hardest season to make this because there was quite a few fullbacks that played really well. I think Dylan Edwards, he was in the running for the Dallium as well. He was, I think, sixth or seventh, uh, and Tedesco, I think, was second Yeah, uh, in the end on the Dallium middle uh, leaderboard. Uh, Alex Johnson scoring massive amounts of tries. I think he's the uh, top try scorer three years in a row. I think he got 23 this year. Uh, and Joseph Sawali, the young gun on the uh, left wing as well. So a pretty good lineup. And uh, of course, Todd Payton is the coach as well was something else yeah. that came up this week. Yeah, and uh, that was an interesting call, I thought, for Todd Payton. I thought, yes, he's very, very good. Um, I thought it may have gone the way of Trent Robinson. Yeah. 
well, that's that was kind of I think with the Todd Payton thing, it was more the fact that he took a side from fifteenth. Yeah, to, yeah, that's right. Yeah, third, um, which is incredible. Yeah, and that that doesn't happen on a, on a regular basis. Um, well, obviously, Todd Payton's got a a group of boys that he works really well with, and he sort of he strung some shit together there. Um, I thought interesting, cool, um, in that team. They're the only one that I was sort of bit iffy about um, was actually James Tedesco. Mm. Like I, I thought, I think Teddy does deserve it. Like he's, he is quite possibly the best fullback in the game. He's still playing really good footy. Um, and when I, when I break it down more and think about it, I convince myself, yeah, no, he does deserve it. Um, mm. But I didn't see it happening. I don't know who I thought was going to get it, but I didn't necessarily see it, um, see it being Teddy. Yeah. There's a couple for me ex- exactly like that. Coruscant being one and, and Teddy, I thought, Dylan Edwards just played so well at the back end of the season. Um, That's right. Yeah, and obviously the Roosters—they had such an up and an up and down season. You know, they'd win the ga- a game by seventy points, and then they'd lose by uh, by twenty against a side that they probably shouldn't shouldn't lose to. But yep. I think, yeah, Teddy's Teddy's always going to be up there. He's uh, he's a strong player, and um, he leads any side. It can be, um, you know, even the Tigers. I think he would have made a, a massive impact on on their season. Yeah, and I think it's it's the thing that's with the Daily M's is he's been involved in it for so many years. Like he's been like up so high in those awards. Like he's a previous winner. He's he's always mm. been there or thereabouts. So it would have been unusual to not see him uh in the Daily M's sort of mix, I guess we could say, uh this year. Um couple of other wee bits of news I guess we could touch on. Uh James Tamo. I said some, uh, saw some things about him today. He's looking at a deal with the Cowboys uh, for next year, possibly leaving uh, his contract. Well, he's the former Tigers captain now anyway, um, and he's looking at heading to the Cowboys. Interesting. Mm, James Tamo. Mm. Still gone. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, he was in a bit of shit at the end of the season, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Well, yeah. a bit of a rough one for him, um, but he did he did abuse the ref, so that's uh, that's on him. That, that is his fault. Uh, the Dragons have revised their offer to Ben Hunt, who reportedly looks to set um, to sign a new contract with them uh, at 900k each year for two years. Not bad numbers, eh? Yeah, well, I thought he'd be in the uh, almost in the million dollar mark. To be honest, I thought um, after his sort of standout performance, he was he was leading the uh, Delhi M leaderboard after round 15. Obviously, the next 10 rounds get hit, and I think it, that's what happens, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. So, um, you know, Ben Hunt changed positions multiple times this year, and I think he was uh, was pretty good. So uh, when I look at sort of Mitch Moses getting a million dollars a year, I think, you know, Ben Hunt should be in that territory. But 900K, I mean, what's the difference? It's pocket change. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, did you see anything about Luke Carey today? No. With all the World Cup squads being announced, he's been named in the uh, Ireland squad. Ireland? Yeah. Is he? Isn't he played for the uh, Australian team already? I think so. Is he? Can I don't he, know. Can he? I don't know. That's um. Yeah, he got named in their squad. They announced their squad today, and he was uh, he was named in it. Well, that's interesting. Well, go Ireland though. Like go Ireland, get amongst it. Yeah, get amongst it. Yeah. Uh, Jerome Luai, the Panthers five eight, believes that his club system has surpassed Parramatta as the best in Western Sydney. You can call us daddy. He told the Eels. I thought that was quite uh, quite humorous. When I saw that mm. online today, yeah, I did see that. That was uh, 
Typical, isn't it? Typical from Lai. That's right. Well, this weekend, Joey, is a massive one. It is the NRL Grand Final. Uh, we're massive on the league, you and I. We love watching it. Uh, we love talking about it in our spare time on the pod, whatever. We talk a lot about league, and this year the competition comes down to the game uh, tomorrow night. Uh, no, it's Sunday, isn't it? It ends up being. Mm. Um, Panthers-Eels, let's let's talk about the game. What do we see happening in there? Um We'll obviously do it officially in our in our predictions at the end, but what are we what are key talking points going into this? Well, I think uh the the record this year is huge. You know, Eels are the only team to knock over the Panthers and they've done it twice this year. Uh they did it in round nine, um, beating them twenty to twenty two. Uh they did it in round twenty, beating them thirty four ten, and they narrowly lost well, not narrowly lost, but they lost in the quarterfinal twenty seven eight. But they are the only team to sort of put their mark on the Panthers and show that they they can beat them. So it is sort of fitting that the Eels are, are going against them. Um, yeah, what, what did you have to say? What do you have to say about the, uh, the the game coming up? Something interesting to note, I think, is the last time we saw Parramatta in an NRL final was 2009. They got done mm. by the Storm, 23 points to 16. Um, and before that, it was a bit of a drought as well. It was way back in 2001. So before our time, you know, so since we've been born, they've been in the NRL final once, Joe. You know, mm. this is massive, not just for the players, but for um, the people of Parramatta who are, who are back in the situation. They have a serious chance of knocking over a team that, you know, has been in the grand final the past two years in a row. Um, you know, and even before that, though, Penrith were on a bit of a dry spout as well. Like before um, 2020, when they made the grand final, the last time before that for them, I think was 2003. Like it's a, a lot of these guys, they're not sort of regular um, finals appearance, if you know what I mean. Like I look at the, uh, we thing that went up online this week about the results history of the NRL. And there's a few sort of familiar teams that are always sort of there or thereabouts. You look at your Storm, Roosters, and, and in Cronella are another one that are always sort of in amongst the mix as well. Um, not always in the final, but sort of semis and, and doing well. But I think that's where this weekend is so prestigious for Parramatta. They, they want this more than anything, as you would. It's, it's a grand final. Um, and, you know, Penrith are, are sort of going off two really, really competitive and, like, really effective years of playing footy. Um, and, of course, one year getting the job done and, and one not. So do, do we – I don't want to ask it until predictions, but do we do we see them getting it done again? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's one of those those ones where you, you, they can do it, you know. Um, they're not likely to do it right now, but they can actually get the job done. And they've done it this year already, which is huge confidence boost for the team. Um, what I want to do with you quickly is I want you to name, uh, let's say let's say five positions. Let's say your spine of your team. Let's go, uh, you know, your fullback, your six and seven. Um, let's go your, your 13, your lock, and uh, a prop. I'm going to name both sides. Because I've, I've seen a wee thing on, on Fox League where they named, you know, the, the better halves out of the two and the better forwards. I want I want you to name the... Uh, so if we look at Dylan Eds, Ed Edwards for a start, so obviously fullback and Clint Gutherson. Who who do you have matching up on that part of it? Gutherson. Gutherson? Yeah. Uh, if we look at the halves, we've got Luai and Cleary. Um, you know, pretty tough to beat them. But Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown. I would... Because I don't like the guy, I would probably go Moses and Luai. Would be would be my okay. two picks there. Yep. All right, that's uh that's a good one. 
Uh, we'll go Coruscant and Mahoney. Coruscant. Yeah, Coruscant. He's he's playing really well. What's one I can get you with? Uh, Campbell Gillard. That's a really good one. Campbell Gillard and and Fisher Harris. Campbell Gillard. Really, I really like the guy. I reckon he's really, really. He brings. He actually reminds me of JWH. Mm. Just the mongrel that he brings. Yeah, like I feel like he does. If that guy there lost his shit, if he snapped, you'd be in trouble. I think they, uh, the New South Wales Brad Fittler didn't pick him in the in the second two games, and I think he did. They did miss him, didn't they? He was oh, they uh, did. he was very good in that first game. Definitely. Um, Isaiah Papali in and Kickout Viliami Kickout. Papali. Papali, yeah, he's uh, he's playing really well. I think he's going to get go to the uh, Tigers next year or something, isn't it? they saying? I read that. Something crazy. Uh, we'll go with the winger, Micah Sivo and Brian Toto. Toto. Yeah. So I think I think it is. It's going to be. It's, it's relatively was, even. That was quite a mix for me. That was sort of that a was, bit of both. Yeah, it was a bit of both. So if you if you look at the spine, it was kind of hard to explain that. But if you look at the spine, you know both positions are are, are very close. They're not definite. Uh, better than each other. So I think uh, it's going to be a, a closer game than than those people that are saying, you know, Penrith, 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 I uh, think. Yeah, exactly right. Should we, uh, before we can predict this game, should we jump and talk a little bit about some cricket and then jump into our predictions for the NPC and the NRL Grand Final? That's Balls and Blokes with Corbin and Joe. Oi, oi. Well, there uh, hasn't been much cricket on the uh, on the Black Caps front for the boys, uh, but there was a, a few things that I'd like to touch on with you, Shuts. Is do you know what man catting is? No, hit me. Okay, it's when a, uh, a a player a batsman leaves their crease and the bowler fake bowls but takes the bowls off and runs you out. Ah, uh, yes, I have seen that done. Yes, and it's uh, it's looked down upon. Uh, it's looked like a bit of a dog act. Um, I don't know what to explain it with the likes of it. It's kind of like within the rules of the game, but cheating because it's, you know, yep. bad sportsmanship. Twisting the uh, rules a bit. Yeah. And an Indian, Indian played uh, England and uh, to win the game, the Indian knocked off the stumps and India won. And uh, I just wanted to know what your thoughts on that is. I think it's tough. Like if you can get around specific rules and you can mm. make things work, then, it's the same in rugby when they milk penalties and that sort of stuff. If you can get around things that are going to benefit you, then you do. Like it's it's it, it's it's a way to your country. You yeah, I know that that's, as well. That's that's tough. Um, it's probably one of those real sort of fifty fifty situations to be honest with you, mate. Like it's, I can understand it, but at the same time, if I was on the receiving end of that and I was that batsman, I'd be really pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'd I'd like to put it in rugby terms. Um. We hate the soccer Hollywooding. We hate diving and and pretending you're hurt. Would you Would you do that in a rugby game, uh, a Beacons final, to make sure we uh, we got a let's say a penalty? If my coach Nick Marsh asked me to do that, I'll be doing it. <laughs> coach slash father. Coach slash dad. Coach slash dad. Haven't seen that bloke for a while, actually. Yeah, I think he misses you, mate. I think I miss him too. I think I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent on that. But I do think so. Do you know? I think I think uh, James Foster's kid misses for James Moore though. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. But that's all good. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's not too much going on. Uh, we've got the uh, South African versus India series 
uh, the T20s. Uh, we've obviously got the Pakistan series coming up versus New Zealand, which is going to be in Christchurch. I think we'll probably go to that one too, won't we, Shuts? Yeah, rightio. Yeah, we can go to that. We might get Monty down there and, and see what he's got to say on the ground. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if you want me to jump into this sort of T20s. I, I'm not a big fan of T20s, but uh, Australia, let's just say India, India beat Australia uh, in the most recent one and India beat South Africa in the most recent okay. one. So there you go. All right. Nice. Should we jump into some predictions? Yeah, I think we should. I think okay. we should wrap this up. It's 11 o'clock. I know. It's a late one. I've still got to edit this. Mm. I know. I don't have to do shit, so yeah. Yeah, you, you can write a wee blurb. You can write a blurb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, I'll write a blurb. That's balls and blokes with Corbin and Joe. Oi, oi. It is the grand final of the NRL this weekend. The Panthers are taking on the Eels. This is our official prediction. Who will be the winner of the NRL Premiership this year, Joe? The Penrith Panthers. Panthers, I'm going. Uh, I'm going eels. I'm going, going eels. I'm well, going pyramid. Should we, should we, should we uh, put ten bucks in between us, and then uh, whoever wins gets twenty. Yep, deal. Right, that's right, that's you, a good one. You heard it here. Um, Round number nine of the Bunnings NPC this weekend. Uh, of course, it is Hawks Bay and Tasman that played tonight. We're not going to predict that game because it's already been 25 points to 17. Hawks Bay got the win. Uh, tomorrow though, it is Southland versus North Harbour. Southland. Go the Stags. Uh, Auckland versus Taranaki. Auckland. I'm going to go Auckland as well. Uh, Otago, Canterbury. Um, I'm sad I'm missing out on this one, but Otago. I'm going Canterbury. Uh, Northland, Manawatu. Northland. Northland. I'll give them that. Easy, I think. Counties and Wellington. Wellington. Yeah, Wellington. Uh, Waikato and Bay of Plenty. Uh, I think Waikato. Yeah, I think I think they'll be too strong. They're, mm. they're the, one of the teams to beat this year. I think them and Canterbury are the two uh, two to watch. But there you go. That's your week of NPC, and that's your uh, NRL grand final. Well, that's we might so as well we might as well say the cricket. Oh, I don't know how far it is away though. Uh, maybe we should just hold on that one. We'll say the New Zealand woman versus the West Indian woman. Second T20. Who do you think? Uh, we'll go with the Kiwis. We'll go with the girls. Go with the Kiwis. Right. That's that's enough from me, I think. That's enough the, from uh, you? Cricketing front. Yep. Beauty. Well, yeah, uh... we, uh, we should probably say as well, um, we're really excited to, you know, get into this international rugby league that's coming up, the Rugby League mm. World Cup. It's going to be such a good time uh, for us as as keen league fans. Um, who, who are we going to predict? Early one, who are you going to predict to win that? New Zealand. Yeah, I think New Zealand have have the goods, and I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't say that lightly. I wouldn't just say it just because yeah. I'm a Kiwi. I th- I know the Aussies are going to be bloody hard to beat. They're going to be so hard to beat. Um, but Luke Carey, people like him that are going to those smaller places like Ireland. Um, you look at the ones that are going over to play for the islands and that sort of stuff, you know, your, your Tonga, Samoa, all that sort of thing. They can make a massive difference. You know, one player can make a massive difference in that. So I wouldn't discount some of those um, smaller places as well. Not not to win it. I think it'll be between New Zealand and Australia to win it. Um, England will be strong. Like, you know, it's it's going to be tough. Yeah, what I should probably do quickly is just read um, Kiwi's grouping. So the Kiwis for the for Group C have got Ireland, Lebanon, and Jamaica. So I think they can pretty confidently get the uh, first position on that. Um, the toughest one I can see is probably Group B with Fiji and Australia, uh, Italy and Scotland. Um, but other than that, I think you know you'll see New Zealand, Australia, Samoa, and probably Tonga 
to take yeah. out the uh, yeah. to, into the semifinals there. So um, that's going to be really exciting for us to watch and, and cover on Bats, Balls and Blokes as well. Looking forward to it. A huge thanks to Bryce at Thrift Season and Scotty at Full Mates Brewery uh, for the continued support. Thanks for catching up again, Joey, over Zoom. Uh, fingers crossed this all sounds okay. And uh, keep an eye on our socials over the next week and uh, look forward to catching up again real soon. Hooroo, mate. Hooroo.